0: You haven't missed out yet on the lowest prices of the season from Blick. Their massive sale on paints and mediums is still going on. For the past couple weeks, I've been pushing the Gamble and Cold Wax medium because I know a lot of you use it. I know Rebecca uses it. But the fact is, almost every high-quality paint and medium available from Blick is on sale right now at massive discounts. This is a great time to stock up. If you're producing a lot of artwork, and let's face it, if you're listening to this show, you probably are, this is an opportunity that you're not going to want to miss. These are probably the lowest prices that we're going to see from Blick until Black Friday. We have discounts on the Blick Artist Oils, the Utrecht Artist Oils, Gamblin Oils, Windsor and Newton, Rembrandt, Matisse Structure Acrylics, and the Golden Acrylic Mediums. If you use it in your art practice, it's probably on sale right now. So when you take advantage of those offers, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. It looks the same. It functions the same. If you've been listening to these pre-rolls for a while, you've probably done what I asked you and already bookmarked it. So just use your bookmark. When you do that, Blick will donate 10% of your order to the Messy Studio Podcast. It costs you nothing extra. It's an incredible benefit to us. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. Take advantage of these offers and keep listening to the pre-roll because I'm always going to let you know when I see something that's probably going to benefit you. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Techno, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we're talking about workshops. Workshops serve many purposes for artists, learning new skills and information, connecting with other artists, and receiving feedback and critique. A workshop with the right instructor at the right time can provide an important breakthrough for your work. But attending a workshop can also be challenging on a personal level, involving travel, a commitment of time and money, and working in a group environment. And not all workshops are well organized or worthwhile. Today, we will be talking about workshops from the perspective of artists who have taken them, what is gained, and what difficulties were encountered. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello, everyone. Yes, workshops for artists. Just seem like they're everywhere these days. I mean, you can find them in any medium or technique. Um, you can go for uh, any length of time, basically, from just a few hours to a couple weeks. Um, the range of people teaching these, um, you know, there are professional artists with graduate degrees, and there are people who just learned whatever it is they're teaching, you know, two months ago at another workshop. <laughs> so the the range of instruction is really wide. Um, and the venues are, you know, they can be very different. Um, and, you know, online teaching is, is very popular. We're not really going to be talking about that today, but there's lots of workshops online um, focusing more on in-person ones. And that could be anything from, you know, somebody's studio that is kind of cluttered and crowded to you know all the way up to a you know purpose-built facility that's really well equipped and you know at an art school or an arts foundation or something like that so you know there is there's so much uh, going on out there that it really can be hard to find a workshop that's suitable if you want one and or even decide if you know one is worth taking or do you want to take a workshop so um, a couple weeks ago um, or actually last week um, I taught up in Telluride Colorado an advanced cold wax workshop and I thought it would be interesting to ask um, some of the students uh, in that class if they had any feedback feedback about workshops in general so it wasn't about that particular one so much as um, kind of surveying why are they interested in workshops, what do they look for and that sort of thing. And so I'm sort of, um, you know, combining that feedback that I got from them with just the experiences that I've had uh, for I started teaching in in 2009, so it's been you know quite a quite a long time for me of experiencing all different situations and so on so, Just kind of combining what I know and what people have have told me um, to hopefully give listeners a picture of what's out there, kind of how to decide how to do this if you want to. Um,
0: Well, and you have attended workshops as a student as well, correct?
1: I have a few, yes. I took... So, you have seen this from both sides. Yes, I have. And um, I haven't, what I haven't taken is a large group workshop myself. I've had um, smaller situations and and a private workshop in printmaking. Um, And then I took one in uh, photography that was, mm, I think there were six people in it or something like that. So, I haven't had nearly as much experience as a student as I have. Had as an instructor, but you know, I I observe it, and I often get um, you know evaluations or things like that from students. So you know, I have some insight into what it's like from their perspective. What what do people actually like? Because sometimes you know, when we're planning workshops as instructors, we're kind of focused on you know what it is we want to convey, and so it's interesting to. Yeah, to get the other side of it. What's it like to be in a big classroom? What's it like um, in terms of structure and facilities and and things like that? And and also just how important they are to people. Um, When I first started doing this, I just had no idea um, the role that workshops could play for people because, uh, you know, I, I guess when I first started teaching, they weren't as popular and I... I started, um, when I was an adjunct uh, college instructor back in the 90s, I did a little bit of this, but I did an introduction to abstraction class a couple times at kind of summer art programs that were run by the university, but those seem more like just an extension of my regular job. They they didn't have the aspect that, that most workshops have today, where it's... Um, it's sort of wide open. I mean, people come from all over, and these are pretty widely publicized. And I just, I did, you know, what I call now like workshop world. I think has has really, you know, grown tremendously since I first did those those little classes, and then I, I started actually teaching more what we think of as workshops, like I said in in two thousand and nine, and I think probably. Back in the '90s, um, they just weren't as as popular. But now there's just this huge rise in what's being offered. Um, you know, I could just look at the medium I work with, cold wax medium, and it's I mean, it's I don't know how many times more than when I well, when I started, I probably was the only person teaching, uh, especially what I taught, because they were original t- techniques that I developed. And now it's just everywhere. everybody's teaching cold wax meeting. everybody's teaching all kinds of other media, anything you can think of and so it's such a big thing and i I think that um one of the things I've realized is the you know because I have taught many times and i observed that most of the people in my classes are of an older demographic. Many people have um, retired, and now they're coming to art late in life. And they did not have formal art education when they were younger because they were going into some other field. And I think what's happening now is that there are so many people that are starting out, that are in the learning stages, and they're looking for art instruction, not not typically going back to college um, those kind of, those years kind of passed them by when they could devote two three four years to you know formal education in an institution so now it's okay I'm gonna pick and choose I'm gonna decide what I need um, in order to get going and it's typically um, people with some disposable incomes and people that are, like I said, retired, and now they're ready to really pursue things that interested them when they were younger. And they're also looking for an art community. They're looking for friends. They're looking for other people that are doing this. And so that's a big part of who's doing this now. Um, and I, the other you know, purpose of workshops really is to study a focused topic. And not everybody who's taking workshops is starting out by any means. And there's a lot of people that have been working in art for years and they say, okay, now I'm developing an interest in, say, printmaking. Um, you know, I've got all this other background, but this is, this is a technique, this is a medium I don't really know about. So I'm going to take a beginning printmaking workshop. You know, that's, you see that a lot too, people just branching out And there's another aspect, too, that I think comes into the number of workshops out there. And that is something you and I have talked about uh, previously, which is the kind of the entrepreneurial aspect of an art career. We may need other income streams as artists. And so teaching workshops has become a popular thing for people to do as instructors, uh, needing a little extra income, or or just the desire to connect with people, art can be a pretty isolated activity. And workshops—I mean, I know for myself how refreshing it is to, you know, be surrounded by people really intent on making art for like a week. You know, it's step out of your own little world, and it's it's. Uh, oftentimes a learning experience for the instructor as well. So anyway, lots of reasons that there's now really a high demand for workshops at every level, from sort of casual, fun, you know level of let's let's try something new for a couple days to something sometimes they're very serious, very demanding, and they can go on for you know quite a few days.
0: Um do you see an advantage for somebody who's a little bit more well established for taking a workshop where there is that range of um ability or experience level uh with with other people?
1: Well, there I guess it's important to distinguish you one thing and that is you can be a very experienced artist overall, but you can be an absolute beginner in whatever it is that you want to learn. So in that case, I think beginners belong together um, because the instructor will be teaching really basic things. So you can have very experienced artists in a beginner class. Um, I think when, it's, when you're experienced in the medium, um, again, you probably want a, an upper-level class for the medium. So, yeah, it really... It really depends on the experience level with the medium. Sometimes it works fine to have a mixed group, but one of the things that I did hear from, from students when I asked them was that they looked for workshops that had that division of experience level with the medium. And so oftentimes um, it's up to the student to decide, Am I experienced enough for this level? Do I rate myself as a beginner? Sometimes an instructor will ask to see work samples, and they decide, okay, this person seems to be ready for an advanced level, or this person would fit better with a beginner class. Um, I do that with some of my own advanced workshops. If I don't know the student or I've worked with them, I will usually ask for slides because you don't want to have people that really don't feel comfortable there or fit in with what you're expecting of them to know. So um yeah, I hope that answers your questions. I mean, it's certainly good for people who are, you know, less advanced to begin with, more advanced people, they can learn a lot from them, but are you holding the more advanced people back if you if you mix up the levels? So I think that's kind of the way that I look look at it. Um
0: how do you feel people should go about looking for a workshop? Then,
1: mm. well, there are so many things to look at, um, and one of the I, I asked you know my students a couple of questions about what they considered to be important, and I know from just other you know from doing this for a long time that things like the well the instructor. Um, the size of the workshop, the location of the workshop, uh, and also, you know, from the artist's perspective, what am I? What's my goal? What am I trying to learn? Why am I taking this? Uh, and so, I, I thought I'd go through some of those uh, with some specific things that I was told and other things that I've just observed. I started out with this little survey that I gave my students up in Colorado. I asked him how many workshops have you taken in the past 10 years because I wanted to get a sense of are people taking, you know, just one focus, specific thing they want to learn, or is it more wide ranging? And I kind of knew already that there is a range here. So um, the answers that I got ranged from one or two um, to as many as 20 in the past 10 years, including both. Uh, online and in-person classes. And online classes have become (laughs) really popular, especially during COVID. But that's a big range. And one thing I've realized as an instructor is there are people who who don't find a lot of time for creating their art unless they're in a workshop. Um, Maybe they don't really have a studio or they have a job that requires a lot of hours and they don't have the time to pursue art unless it's time set aside and they're going to a workshop for a week or something and and that that setting is is really the best place or maybe the only place to to work to get away from things in their lives um and for other people much less frequent it's you know very selective focused on a particular path particular instructor particular idea or medium and you know that may happen for them only a few times as they go along um and as far as why what's the motivation and this is pretty also pretty wide-ranging why do people take these um so you know you and i have talked a lot on the podcast about the importance of growing your work you know developing your work improving your work all those things that struggle with. And typically we struggle with them alone <laughs> without a lot of feedback. And so one of the biggest things about workshops is that they give you a structure, a framework to improve at least some aspects of your work, um, but hopefully also give you skills for looking at your work in a fresh way, you know, so that when you leave the workshop, you leave with ideas. And so that whole growing improving aspect is huge. Um, motivation is also a big one because artists often sign up for workshops when they they just feel a bit stuck, a bit stale, um, they need input to get going again, you know, like fresh ideas. One of the artists that I had in my workshop um said, "I feel I'm really alive when I'm learning something new." So there's that that spark, that excitement about learning. A lot of artists would consider themselves to be lifelong learners. They don't stop learning ever, and so workshops are a pathway to that. Uh, another thing that comes up is a lot of artists are looking for the the medium, the approach that's going to set them on a on a strong path, like they're feeling scattered. A lot of artists say, I do so many different things, but I want something to focus on. And so taking different workshops, maybe opening doors in that way, this is is where I want to focus. It's a very, workshops are a very immersive experience and you really get the sense when you're in a workshop for, you know, I I prefer longer ones, but say at least four days. You are, you know, you're so uh, surrounded by ideas, by energy, and this can do all the things I just mentioned. They can, you know, they can spark things. They can help you grow um, and also, you know, remove you from the other distractions of your life. I mentioned... um, also, one of the ideas that people bring to a workshop and hope for in a workshop is to find art community. And so the social aspects of workshops are, yeah, it's a big topic. I mean, there's a lot of different opinions about that, about how social people want to be in that setting. Um, and But one of the things that I do hear from people is I met such a good friend in that workshop. We've kept in touch um, that sort of thing. And, and it's it's an important aspect for people that may be living in more isolated places and they don't have um, artists around them that they're connecting with.
0: Well, let's take a minute and talk about what's new from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry are winding down their summer quarter, but there are still some exciting sessions ahead, including two that will cover the important topic of personal voice, Remember that you can join anytime and catch up on all previous sessions by accessing recordings in the member library, including the August 17th episode that featured the owners of four contemporary art galleries from around the United States answering questions and sharing insights about artist-gallery relationships. Cold Wax Academy will be entering its third year of online teaching this fall with exciting new programming. Continuing to provide premium educational content for an affordable membership fee. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for more information and to sign up for your membership. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it.
1: So the instructor, why people choose a workshop, the instructor is really important Um, and The thing that I have heard more than once is people don't want instructors that just teach people to work the same way they do. You know, I have this particular technique, this particular approach, and I'm going to impart it to you. (laughs) Um,
0: I think everybody kind of got a lot of that with like... Bob Ross and yes. <laughs> early instruction. You know, that, that seems to be the way that we, we tend to teach kids, you know, to kind of color in the lines um, right. or to it, do something through a specific process in a specific way. And by the time people are taking a workshop and, and spending the money to do it, mm-hmm. they want something that's really going to elevate their work.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and there's always going to be some influence from the instructor. I mean, from from the instructor point of view, it's you know, if you're doing demos and things like that, it is going to be the way that you paint. But I think it's very important for the instructor to say, "I am very interested in what you want to do, and let's talk about that." You know, and and have the the knowledge to be able to um, help somebody with an idea that maybe isn't in their own repertoire of things they do, but they know they could say how to do it. Um, so that's that's really important. Um, other things that were mentioned um, to me at various times, including the class that I just taught, was the importance of the instructor really listening to people and really spending equal time with each student. And that, you know, that is a routine that I practice every day. I, I go to every table. I talk to every student. Everybody is important. And unless that is conveyed, um, people can feel left out. And that and that you just don't want to leave a workshop with a feeling that I was the you know the instructor really preferred those three people and not the rest of us. Um, it's important for the instructor to be organized and focused. Um, demos are important. Um, people love to watch the art being made by the instructor. Um, when instructors talk to students, it's really important not to be mean or derogatory. Um, I think that this kind of uh supportive attitude, non-competitive attitude um I mean over the years I've heard about instructors in with words descriptive words like mean or egotistical egotistical or unprepared or they don't want to answer my questions um I think those of us who went to art college probably experienced that in a few instructors, this kind of remote or inaccessible or egotistical teacher who's who's really trying to weed out people that aren't serious. I mean that's that's a teaching model that was acceptable, maybe still is acceptable in our schools, but it is not appreciated by people who are, you know, spending time and money taking a week out of their lives to learn something new. It doesn't make sense in a workshop, and and I do believe that most people that come to a workshop are very willing to be challenged, and they're very willing to work hard, but they basically want to be encouraged, not abused or berated, you know? So, I am sad to know that that does go on in workshop world, and so when choosing an instructor, it's helpful to talk to somebody who's taken their classes, Um find out what kind of um I don't know what kind of culture what kind of attitude is encouraged in the class is it is it supportive is it helpful um and that's really important <laughs> also important to you know work with work with instructors whose work you you like you can see the competence level that they have when you look at their work and not looking at work that doesn't seem to be very developed, then they probably don't have the skills or background to really be a good teacher. So um, workshop settings, where are you going for this workshop? That's important to a lot of people. Often people travel long distances, even overseas. And so the larger setting uh, can be important. And for some students, that travel is part of it. Uh, the seeing, you know, Being in a new area, a new culture. Um, I do encourage people to schedule sightseeing and experiencing a new place um, either before or after the workshop. Actually, before is even better because you acclimate, you get a sense of the surroundings. Once in the workshop, most people prefer to focus on class with maybe... One outing, two outings, uh, depending on how long the workshop is to experience the location. Uh, sometimes there are workshops that are very specifically about a location. And then, yeah, it's important to get out, see what's there. Um, when I teach in Ireland, we do a full day outing um, along the coastline. And it just, sometimes people ahead of time say, well, I don't know if I want to be gone for a whole day. But then they're happy they did it because. If you if you don't experience what's around you to some extent, it's going to be I don't know why go to Ireland or why go someplace you know really interesting um, and and other times people really don't care where it is they just want the class um, sometimes people take workshops in their own city I mean that's fine too um, but the the actual setup of the classroom. Um, When it's kind of makeshift and it's kind of inadequate, it adds stress. And especially if people don't have enough workspace, it is perfectly okay to ask ahead of time, to ask for photos, to ask, you know, the instructor, what is the setup? You know, what's my table going to be like? They may not actually know if the instructor has not taught at the venue before. And sometimes I know it's hard to get accurate information, you know, I've asked, well, you know, how big is the room? And and I, oh, it's plenty big, you know. Uh, actually asking for dimensions, the sizes of tables and things. Not all instructors do that. Um, and so you can, you know, you can kind of have an unpleasant surprise that way. Um, I have taught in situations that I thought, hmm, is this actually going to be all right? And it was great. I I have taught several times in an outdoor Covered, but outdoor studio in Italy, and you know it was wonderful. I mean, it was it was a little hot, it was a little buggy, but nobody cared. It was just so beautiful and uh, wonderful to work there. So the setting is kind of a. mm, It's hard to know sometimes. It's hard to know how it's going to actually be. Um, So you. You always take chances when you sign up for workshops. You just do. You, don't, you can't control it, you know. Um, asking about the number of students in a class is a good thing to do. And typically, a full workshop, at least for me, is about 10 people. Some instructors are comfortable with more. I wouldn't really sign up for one that was as many as 20 with one instructor. And when they're very small... You can lose out on some of the advantages of the interactions with other students or, you know, a little bit lack of energy when there's only four people or something like that. You can ask about where you're going to be staying. Um, there are advantages when the students kind of stay in the same immediate area, maybe even in the same hotel or venue. I've noticed how much more bonding takes place how much more people interact uh personally when they're all staying say at a college that's holding workshops and they're you know empty studios during the summer or something on the other hand it's it's so individual maybe you need to go home at night you know <laughs> maybe you need to get away from people uh so that's something to consider because sometimes you're going to be thrown in with the same group of people for all meals, all the time. Um, length of the workshop—that's important. As I said, I prefer longer workshops for all the reasons why people come in the first place—to be immersive, to you know, really get as much out of it as you can. A short class to learn a very specific technique—I can see that. Um, but longer classes are going to be, you know, much more in depth. And then we, we did kind of talk about the level of students already. Um, and I feel for myself it's best if there is a specific level uh, mentioned in the description and that the instructor makes an effort to to impose that, to make sure that happens. Um, so look for those specific requirements when you're reading about the workshop and don't go for an advanced class if you're really not ready for it. It's not what you want, and it's maybe holding other people back. Um, and the, the last thing I wanted to talk about is those social aspects, which it, it is very individual. Sometimes people want to come with a friend because they're uncomfortable going alone. That's certainly an option, um, although sometimes then you become a bit isolated uh, if you and your friend are, you know, that's it you're surrounded by other people who are also very interesting people. Um, And I should say a word about coming with a spouse. Many times people bring a spouse, and totally understandable, especially if you're going to a foreign country. I have observed many times that this also limits social interaction with the group because oftentimes a group will go out at night, do something together, and the person who has brought the spouse you know is tends to be making other plans and and not becoming as part of the group, so I understand both sides of it, and I've always you know welcomed welcomed people who bring spouses um but it you know you have to think about both sides of of that so connecting with other artists really is one of the big wonderful things about a workshop i mean many people mention that as an advantage you learn a lot from the other people in the workshop. um, And that happens organically. People share things. Um, Most people don't like a lot of organized activities for the group outside of class. But there are often these, you know, friendship groups that form and things that happen after hours, which is wonderful. And for the most part, and I've taught many workshops, most people follow basic etiquette of being polite and respectful of each other and that is usually not a problem um sometimes though i have to admit it is um once in a while there is somebody in the class that you know they have these kind of emotional needs that go outside of the actual instruction and you know it it can be a problem and and you know, art instructors are not necessarily people managers, you know. Um, you know, we're there to to teach. And group dynamics can become complicated. Uh, sometimes there's too much talking in a classroom, too much laughing. Sometimes there's just general cluelessness from somebody about how to behave in a group. But I will say groups tend to sort themselves out. Um, everybody there is an adult and everybody can address things themselves and, you know, mention things that are bothering them and stuff like that. I mean, so I I don't see it as a problem. Sometimes there is something that's a little bit difficult. Um, but like I said, it tends to sort itself out. And the other thing that people encounter in a group is just feeling self-conscious because you're probably working two feet away from somebody else. <laughs> and you you have to learn how to you know, take what you can from other people, but also focus on your own work and not compare yourself and, you know, um, just be distracted in whatever they're doing because everybody's has to focus on their own work. So, um, the, and one last thing, what happens when you leave? Because this can be challenging. What happens after the workshop? How are you going to retain and implement what you learned and this i think the best thing is take notes take photos if the instructor is okay with that you should ask um try to apply what you learned right away when you get back to your own studio and ideally that focus and the intensity of the workshop will carry over Uh, stay in touch with anyone else that you connected with in the workshop sometimes students will spontaneously decide to form some kind of group, some kind of social media group or email group or something so that they can stay in touch. And I think that is just absolutely wonderful.
0: Uh, so as as an instructor, um, I, I assume that you have also benefited from the experience of teaching workshops. Is there anything in particular that comes to mind?
1: Oh, there's, there's a lot of things. I I really enjoy talking one-on-one with students because I've come to understand how many different backgrounds people come from, also to see things in common that people struggle with. And so, you know, I've learned how to be a much better teacher from teaching uh, because I've learned how to listen and respond over time. and it's also just really interesting to me as human beings, you know, what what brings people to this? How are people engaged with it? What are they getting from it? Um, lots of technical things, actually. People will bring interesting materials and tools to class, and they'll share them and talk about them. Uh, sometimes a student has a particular technique that they've developed and they want to share. And so there's you know there's both the the practical things that that I've learned as well as just personal satisfaction and, and gratification from talking to people and just understanding people better.
0: Do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode?
1: Yeah. So a lot of artists, when they've taken a workshop, they talk about things like they've had a shift in perspective or they've, had, they've gained new confidence or excitement, insights, they have new ideas um and sometimes even bigger changes after a workshop that something something has really changed in their life and they they see themselves as an artist and they see themselves uh devoting serious time to this so lots of reasons to take workshops and i think a good experience is a lot more likely to happen if you Consider some of the things that we've talked about today. Um, choose carefully, research the instructor, research the venue. But at the same time, I think you have to go into it with a, a flexible attitude, an open attitude, because you cannot know or control all these variables when you when you go. It's It's a group activity. It's a group setting. There are so many things that you won't know ahead of time. So you have to be okay with taking that risk. Um, there are just so many variables in you know what I call workshop world. It is all kinds of things. But I would say, overall, the number of artists who take at least one workshop a year, and I know a lot of people that will absolutely set aside time once a year to do this. I think that speaks to the overall really positive aspects of going to workshops and this kind of learning this intensive um focused time that you set aside for your work
0: yeah and it's i mean certainly there's a there's a certain amount of financial risk involved in, oh absolutely in spending the money on a workshop it, but the fact that so many mm-hmm. people do it over and over again i think is a, a testament to how um how how beneficial they really are
1: how basically positive and yes you may have a bad experience But if you do, I hope it doesn't stop you from trying another one because it's like anything, you know? (laughs) There can be the downsides, but so much of it is positive. So much of it people look back on as life-changing. You know, I've heard that phrase, this was life-changing, in a good way. (laughs) So I recommend if you're at all interested uh, looking into this, consider one.
0: Alright, well that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings for more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative
1: space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.